If you say that African-Americans are 13% of the American population and working population, but we're 6 to 8% in the energy sector, that's just not good. So a lot of what we're talking about today in terms of inequity is about how do you bring about a better balance. Welcome to Race in the Workplace, a limited series brought to you by the Voices of Energy podcast. This series highlights the best conversations from our engagements with Black energy professionals and leaders on topics around racism in this country and more specifically energy organizations. We have compiled and categorized their insights to serve as a guide for you to implement change in your workplace. I'm Katie Maynard founder and CEO of Ally Energy. I'll now pass it off to fellow Ally staff member, Amy Deaton, who is the MC for this series. This is Race in the Workplace. I'm Amy Deaton, and today's episode is about small business challenges in a corporate world. Many diverse businesses in energy are smaller and have limited capacity as suppliers. So today we ask, what are the headwinds that black small business owners face in the energy industry? And how can bigger companies and suppliers create a pipeline for these businesses to grow and succeed? Being an entrepreneur or a small business owner is tough as it is, but to be a minority and positioned in the massive and corporate world of energy, and you've got yourself a whole other battle. Gordy Bannister Jr., the former CEO of Era Energy and member of the Dow Board of Directors, explains the resistance against hiring black suppliers by big companies and executive boards. Well, from a supplier standpoint, it's really, really hard. I remember literally all throughout my career in trying to advocate and get black-owned suppliers signed up, lined up, how difficult it always was. So there was always some excuse about, well, they don't have enough experience. They don't have the inventory. They don't have the safety record. They don't have this. They don't have that. Yet it was okay for brother-in-law Sam to build his business, being a partner, and ultimately get really rich at doing it. It's just really, really hard. So that's an excuse of the past. Now, I think you know those of us who sit near the top of these businesses and top of these companies have to insist that there be really, really hard metrics and there be goals that are really tough. And we hold people accountable to driving that, whether it's in the investment portfolio from a finance standpoint and commercial paper and things of that nature, or oil field services suppliers, those kinds of things. Now, there was a time, I remember back in the day, there was a time when uh, minority development programs in companies where they would take small businesses, black businesses under their wing and help develop them, give them a piece of the pie and help them develop and grow. And I will say there's some of that starting to come back. There's a, a thing called the billion dollar club in the minority supplier community. And there are companies who are working to be a part of that. And what they're doing is they're reaching out and trying to help develop and create black owned businesses that service the oil and gas business. And in a time where activities are lower, where budgets are being cut, it's just a double-edged sword right now. It's just really, really hard for anyone, let alone the Black-owned businesses. The way to fix it is sort of through the top. And I would say continue to bring those ideas forward 
and bring those people who have those companies, bring them into your company and into your business. Now, the other part of the equation around ownership and private equity and, and sort of all of that, I know a couple of brothers who are in private equity and they talk about how hard it is for them to be successful. One of them runs their own business, private equity side. Another one actually has a really small upstream company and getting the financing, how hard that was, how difficult that was. I've been trying to do some of that myself. We, we, <laughs> it, it's funny. One of the people that I was talking to, but one of the conclusions that we drew, and I, I apologize if this offends some people, but what happens for black businesses and black suppliers is they check every box except the white box. They check every box. They have good materials, good equipment, good people. They have all that stuff, but they don't check the box that they're white, so they don't get the opportunity. And so part of that is just continuing to work at it and continuing to try to push and build a network out where uh, you can begin to have people be willing to take the risk. Quite frankly, it's not a risk, but white business people see the prospects of utilizing Black-owned businesses as risky because of racism. They have this thing in the back of their head which says, wait a minute, they're Black, so can I really trust that? Can I really believe in it? Can I really count on it to be there and be reliable? And so it's just hard to continue day after day to dispel that. We got Paula Glover's perspective on this struggle for Black business owners back when she was the president and CEO of the American Association of Blacks in Energy. This is an industry that's incredibly complex. And so for a lot of small businesses, it's really about the learning curve, right? There's a steep learning curve. And so I run a very small organization and and it's it's a hustle just to kind of keep up with what you have to do day to day. But I'm always trying to figure out how do we grow this organization for small business owners? They're doing the same thing, but it's almost like we have to bake in time to expand our networks and to learn what we need to learn so that we can get to the next step, whatever that is that's defined for us. And so for our entrepreneurs, joining organizations, whether it be ours or NMSBC, whatever that is, WeBank, finding other organizations that you can network with, that you can learn from people, right? But also you want to learn from people who actually work in the industry, who can kind of give you a a window into directionally, where is an organization going? Um, Where can they use some innovation or creativity? That stuff, that's the kind of work that you may not get paid on. You may not see a financial gain from. It may be months, but it's the investment that you have to make to get into Mm -hmm. this industry if you're going to really have some sustainable longevity in it. Despite the inertia that exists against small businesses in energy, we talked with Paula about how small businesses can overcome this inertia by strategically integrating themselves in their offerings into the value chain of larger organizations. So some companies just aren't really made for a small business because they want you to be able to do business globally for them, for example. And in those kinds of cases, then I would say, you know what, who are the partners, right? Who are the partners that on other organizations and other companies that you can partner with if you're trying to be a prime? 
But the other thing is maybe as a small business, you don't want to be a prime or maybe you don't have the capacity to be a prime supplier, but you can be a supplier to the prime supplier, right? That you can be a tier two or tier three. Use those as opportunities to grow your business so that you can then get more business. And so it just, it kind of depends. They're on the utility side and I'm not as familiar with some of the programming on the oil and gas side. So I will apologize for that right off the bat. But there are programs where companies will actually bring small businesses in and take them through a program over a course of maybe weeks and sometimes once a week or once a month over a course of months that really shares the entire supply and value chain of that organization. And that really allows then small businesses to look at what they are supplying and providing and say, okay, maybe this thing that I'm doing can be tweaked a little bit to meet a particular need in a particular business unit. Thanks for listening to this episode of Race in the Workplace. For more in this series, tune in to the next episode and look out for other new content coming soon. This is The Voices of Energy.